This is a Freedom Church sermon and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media and other resources. So, we are going to talk about worship today. Yes! Because it's a good thing. It's a great thing. And we're doing the talk on it first so that we can then apply it in our worship. Okay, so this will be the first of maybe a series of more. But there's more planned. And we might reverse it again so we can then get application. But what I was taken with during worship, and before we do that, I'm going to just ask Jesus to give me some assistance here. Jesus, I just pray now, as you are here amongst us, that you would take this glorious word of yours, this magnificent treasure, and open our eyes to what you're revealing to us, that we may be taken further into that land of promise that you have for us. That, Lord, you would plant in our hearts deep truth and revelation that will hold us, will keep us, will nourish us and take us further than we've ever been. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So, during a time of worship, a few weeks, months ago, God dropped into my heart a passage of scripture which is in Song of Songs. Okay, and I just want to say as well, as we go off to the tangent, youth, welcome. Youth people, because the youth are in today. So I I really want you to capture some of this and just be inspired, be open to the Holy Spirit, sowing seeds of truth into you as I share. So Song of Songs, and that, if you don't know, is a book in the Bible that is symbolic of Jesus and his bride, the church. Okay, And we're going to zero in on a very specific passage to bring out what is the heart and the fullness of worship that we can uh, discover and step into. So the book of songs is a book of intimacy and closeness. All right, And it's a symbol, really, of our relationship with Jesus. So as you read that book, see how you connect with Jesus. And the passage I'm looking at particularly focuses on the realm of worship. Well, I'm looking at it with those eyes anyway. So <clears throat> I'd like us to turn to chapter four of that book. It's, it's kind of after Psalms. So if you find Psalms and go right, it's not very far away after Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. So I'm going to preamble. from verse 9 to 11 as a lead-in. So it's a little bit, for the drama students amongst us, it's a little bit like a play. It's written in those terms. You've got characters, and various characters say various things. And as we pick it up, this is Jesus talking, although he's called the beloved in the story. Okay, And the Shulamite represents the church, Okay, the one who is loved by the beloved. So Jesus is speaking, if we interpret it that way, chapter 4, verse 9, and he says, You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. He's talking about his church. You've ravished my heart with one look of your eyes. 
with one link of your necklace. How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse. How much better than wine is your love and the scent of your perfumes than all spices. Your lips are my spouse, drip as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under your tongue and the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. Lebanon speaks of the blessings, the best of the best, whenever you see Lebanon in scripture. So here is Jesus saying, wow, you're fantastic. You're so great. Nick, you're a superstar. You're a great man. Rich, you've got a future. I love the way you praise me. Hillary, the way you pray, it so stirs my heart. Liz, when you sing, I get blessed. It's Jesus speaking to us. He wants to talk to us. And so it goes on. And then this is the centerpiece, really, of, of where I'm going today. He goes on, verse 12. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse. A spring shut up. A fountain sealed. Now, I just want to stop there and help you understand that it's not something that's the way is blocked and it's all cluttered and a load of stuff in the way and it's cemented up. It's not like that. It's sealed up as if it's turned, a key's been turned in a lock and the place has been secured. Okay, you can't get in, but you can with the key. Okay, so he is describing us. We are that garden enclosed. Okay, and he wants to come in, turn the key, open the door and come in to that garden. But he's saying you are, as it were, protected and guarded. And then he begins to describe what's in this garden. So I just want to say there are many, many parallels, okay, that are describing the church, describing our lives individually, and describing our experiences too. And I'll get on to more of that a little bit later. So he describes, he says, your plants are an orchard of pomegranates, excuse me, with pleasant fruits, fragrant henna with spikenard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all the chief spices, a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters and streams from Lebanon. He's describing you folks. I was trying to get my head around that. A, a fountain of gardens. What does that look like? That's amazing. It's almost like here's a fountain and garden after garden after garden is springing forth. We love gardens and we go visit them. I love gardens. They're just, just beautiful. And it's a picture, isn't it, of Eden, of that place where God planted us, the Garden of Eden. So this is us. And in that garden are all these many things. And then it goes on, verse 16. Awake, O north wind. This is the Shulamite now. So the Shulamite, the church, is speaking. Awake, O north wind, and come, O south. Blow upon my garden, that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. Chapter 5, verse 1. The beloved, Jesus speaking, I've come to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I've gathered my myrrh and my spice. I've eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I've drunk my wine with my milk. And then Jesus turns to his friends and says, eat, O oh friends, drink. Yes, drink deeply, O oh beloved ones. Okay, so we're going to unpick this. 
uh, and get a deeper understanding. You've probably already begun to see some of the parallels without me having to explain it. Um, but I'm, what I'm going to do is because, do you know, if anything deserves time in life, it's the Word of God. It is the most precious, astounding book. It's the world's bestseller. And we are blessed when we dig into it. And we're going to do that now. Okay? As we do it, I just pray Holy Spirit comes and broods over you and gives you revelation, gives you insight. So, I need my little box of tricks. So, I thought visual aid is helpful. Always good. What was the first thing mentioned in the garden? Shout it out louder. Pomegranates. If you've never seen them before, here are two pomegranates. Now, I haven't haven't got the wherewithal to open them up and show you what's inside. But I did some research about these things. Um, has anybody eaten pom- pomegranate? Shove your hand up. A few of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen much bigger ones than these, and they are amazing. And the, the, I've drunk the, the fruit juice from it, and it was zingy, absolutely amazing, delicious, lovely pinky red color, beautiful color. So it's one of the first fruit trees that was ever domesticated. And it was in Deuteronomy 8.8, where this was one of the the items in the promised land. So it said, a land of wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. So it was indicated at the very, very early start that was one of the precious things of the land. And just some truth for you. It contains, this is about God's amazing creation. Ten vitamins, eight minerals, and it's something that was used and eaten at Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. And they ate it because it symbolized fruitfulness. Okay? So fruit in the garden of worship. That's what I'm bringing us back to all the time. I really ought to get this cracked open, but it'd get a bit messy. It's filled with seeds which are surrounded by the juicy yumminess. Okay? They're a bit of a pain to eat, so you have to... Anyway, full of seed, found in the garden of worship. Seed for what? Seed for many things. Okay? So that's fruitfulness for us, because of its many seeds. Okay, next one. Okay, so, henna. The next one. Also known as horobo. Just to impress you with my Hebrew, not? Okay, so basically, I'm sure we've all heard of henna. And I wanted to get us a picture of it so that you could see. It's, it's a pretty, pretty flower, okay? And it's a fragrant thing. And when the seeds grow and develop, when they're crushed, they produce a dye. <clears throat> and that dye is a kind of a, a reddish-brown color, and it's used in uh, wedding festivals a lot in the... In the uh, Middle and Far East, not Far East, they, well, it probably is. Um, it's an ancient ritual. They would paint their hands. They still do it today. Um, and they, they do this on something called Hanam Bandan, which is actually henna night. Sound familiar? It's interesting, isn't it? I don't know whether that's where we get henna night from. But it's a celebration of the wedding. Funny that, isn't it? What a symbol. The marriage, of, marriage supper of the Lamb with the church. So it's also as a cosmetic, and people dye their hair to redden it and paint their nails. It's a very girly thing, is henna. Okay? 
But do you see the symbolism here of the, the sense of the love relationship that it's pointing to? So next one, what's next? Now I'm jumping around. Um, I've jumped to the end of the passage. I've tried to put them in categories. So aloes. What is special about aloes? Um, I'm sure you've all heard of aloe vera. Yeah? Hello? Yeah. Are you with me? Right. So aloe vera is a marketed product which comes from such as this. Okay, and I can just show you that it's produced on a mass scale. And you see these great big chunky leaves. Well, it's what's inside these leaves. When they are crushed, releases this kind of gloopy liquid, which contains really amazing stuff that does your body a lot of good. It's got healing properties for the skin, and you can take it internally once it's been sort of... Um, dealt with in some regard, because it's quite a potent um, commodity if you take it raw. So I would not advise it. Do not do this at home. Okay. So that is aloes. So it's got healing properties. Do you find that God ministers to you in worship? You find healing, don't you, for your soul. And here, God has already pointed towards that. Worship has healing powers. Okay. So next, I don't want to jump too far too quickly. I have turned over too many pages. Right. So now I want us to look at spikenard, frankincense, and myrrh. I'm sure you're all familiar with uh, some of these. So spikenard, I'm going to start with, or nard. Does it ring any bells from the gospel? Hello. Yeah, it does. Mark 14.3. Okay, it's where Jesus was anointed with this stuff. Let's just turn it over. Isn't that pretty? It's a Himalayan plant. It obviously must have grown in the Middle East, around the area of uh, Israel and so on and so forth. Um, and it comes from this plant. Jesus was anointed with this amazing perfume. I have some in here, actually. But unfortunately, it may be a bit out of its uh, sell-by date. It's this one here. Um, so it doesn't smell as good as it may have done. But this one is a mix whoops, of frankincense and myrrh. And you're welcome to have a sniff of that later on. Okay, so that's been put into a, an anointing oil. So Jesus was anointed with this to prepare him for his burial. And it was used to embalm bodies to make them smell beautiful rather than stinky stink. Okay, here we go. In the passage, it's pointing to the sacrifice, the death of Jesus. So that's nard, also known as muskroot. Next, we will have, well, we'll deal with frankincense and myrrh together. Um, and this other one that I brought out here is a combination of the two, or is it? No, 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 that one's the frankincense. So you can smell that one. Again, it's it may be made into an oil. Both of these, frankincense and myrrh, come from tree resin, from two different types of tree. Sorry about all the sciencey bit, but do you know, I think we miss so much. The wisdom for life is all in the word. Scientific truth is in the word. If we study, if we look at it, if we meditate on it, we will find deep truth. Anyway. That was a plug for the word. 
So both of these two are used in incense, perfume, and in medicines. Multiple use to these things. And the resin is bled. Let me just bring up a tree. We will bring up a tree. So there's a frankincense tree. I put the man there. No, I didn't put the man there. I chose it because of the man, just so you get a bit of scale. They're bizarre shaped trees. But anyway. So the resin is bled, which hardens, then giving us the raw commodity. And remember, I'm pointing here to all the symbols, the symbolism that this represents that is teaching us about the gospel, teaching us about Jesus, teaching us about our own lives. And I'm going to read, and I just read this. I was gobsmacked. I thought, wow, Wikipedia is prophetic. Listen to this. So listen to what Wikipedia had to say about frankincense, and I'm just picking out bits. Frankincense is tapped from the scraggly but hardy tree by striping... Or slashing the bark. And letting the exuded resin bleed out. The hardened streaks of resin are called tears. Sometimes you go through stuff. And when we bring it to the Lord in worship, he is satisfied with the incense from our tears. When frankincense and myrrh is burnt, it lets off this beautiful fragrance. I'll carry on. These trees, the Boswellia sacred trees, are considered unusual for their ability to grow in environments so unforgiving that they sometimes grow out of solid rock. It develops a swollen, dislike development in the trunk that prevents storms from dislodging the tree. Now just look at this. For me, this speaks of impossibility. And sometimes we go through situations and the only way through is worship. But the way through is worship as we exalt and glorify Jesus. Also, just want to read one little bit more about this. The tree starts producing resin at eight to ten years old. And the trees are tapped three times a year and the third tapping produces the most aromatic tears due to the build-up of the relevant chemicals that give the scent. You know, there are parallels there for us. You know, this tree doesn't yield for the first year, or the second, or the third. We might get disgruntled with our own walk with Jesus and think, God, when am I ever going to be fruitful? Just persevere. Just persevere. And then what happens? Hack. Hack into the bark. Open up the tree. Slice it open so the resin pours forth. Oh, God, it hurts. God, I don't like this. This is the fellowship of entering into Jesus' suffering. When we decide, whatever, Lord, I'm trusting you. Whatever it is, God, I stand my ground. I believe you. That is worship. That is incense to Jesus. 
And I just want to say that as we're going through this this morning, and I'm focusing very much on my gathered time of worship, this isn't just about here and now. It's about every day out there as well. You know, we bring worship to Jesus wherever we are, whatever we're doing. But there's a specific focus for me this morning, which is amongst us, and we'll get to that in a minute or two. So you're seeing these parallels, these amazing truths that God has planted there in his word. And just going back to the pomegranate tree and the pomegranate, inside, they're called jewels. Inside are the jewels. Okay, the last three I want us to look at, calamus, cinnamon and saffron. I put those together because they're often associated with cuisine, okay, flavour. And if you're aware, these things that I'm talking about, they touch the senses, don't they? There's the visual, there's the olfactory, the smell, there's the taste, there's the feel of the oils, all of these are ministering to the body, the physical body, and also the body of Christ. Okay, so where are we next? We want this lovely one, Calamus, also known as Cassia. I think this one is Cassia as well. No, it's not. That's something. Ignore that. Um, so it looks like an iris, doesn't it? It's called the sweet flag, or also known as sweet cane, lemongrass, or gingergrass. And it comes from the root um, of this plant, which is, it grows in wetlands. It's like a reed, okay, in a wet place that it grows. It's a parallel there for us, isn't there? We want to be in that river place so that we're drawing. And do you know what? This is traditionally used as a tranquilizer, a general wonder drug, and it's also used as a flavoring. The oil is a sedative and a relaxant, as well as being used in perfumery. The stalks themselves can be cut, dried and reduced to powder, and that's used in the perfumes, perfume industry. So worship relaxes us. Worship sedates us to the impact of the world. It's all there in the word. And this is the place of worship, the place of our lives where these things are released in worship. The benefit has begun to be felt. Okay, nearly there with this list. Cinnamon, the next one. I'm sure we're all very familiar with Schwartz. Oh, this is Sinacania or something. Anyway, cinnamon, used particularly at Christmas time, but we love it in smoothies and all sorts. I love cinnamon. And it can be used... Uh, in sweet or savoury dishes, it's used almost worldwide in all sorts of traditional cuisines. And it's also used as a medicine. And there's even one type of cinnamon which has been found to reduce blood sugar levels in diabetes. It's all in created order, God's provision and supply. Okay, the last one. What's the last one I haven't mentioned yet? Shout it out loud. Thank you very much. Saffron. Now, here's saffron. And do you know what? I believe that weight for weight, it's more worth than gold. I got the cheaper brand. The more expensive brand was £10 a gram. 
I thought, I'm not going to pay that, thank you very much. Um, so I bought this. This was £2.50 for this little sachet. It's tiny. I mean, can you see how tiny and small it is? Really insy wince. There's, there's probably dozens and dozens of, of plant pieces in there. So it comes from a crocus. And it's, it's prized for that deep orange-red colour, saffron. We've heard of saffron robes and things that the whoever's um, use. And all you need is a tiny amount. Now, I put that in water yesterday afternoon. And bef before not too long, it had turned into this amazing golden-y colour. Just two or three pieces. And, and it does that. And... They use it in cuisine to flavour as well. So here is saffron, more precious than gold. And here it is in the garden. That's in you and in me. So where are we going with all of this? Yeah, where are we going with all this? All these speak of the riches within, through the Holy Spirit. And did you notice how many items there were? Did you do a quick mental calculation, those of us who are mathematically? Any guesses? Anything under 10 and above 8 will do. There were nine. Well done. Yes, you get a chocolate biscuit. So, what's that pointing to? Well, I know there's been a book written about this passage and the fruit of the Spirit. But I believe it's also the gifts of the Spirit. That's what God stirred me with. It represents all these, the list of these amazing things is a picture of what the gifts of the Spirit can be like. So let's jump to 1 Corinthians 12 and just see and refresh what Paul, who wrote Corinthians, describes the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who comes within us. And these are manifest as we come together, but again, not only amongst the body. It's out there in the world. So I think I'm going to jump down to verse 7 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. But the manifestation of the Spirit, or if you like the... Um, can't think of another word for it. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay? It's not just for me. It's for all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is having a piece of information about somebody that nobody else knows, that God just reveals it, and it just unlocks situations, especially in evangelism. People say, how did you know that? Whoa, the Holy Spirit told me. And it gets people's attention. To another, faith. So sometimes in worship, you are in a situation, suddenly you just think, I've got faith for this now. I've got, I don't know where, it's just come. I've got faith. To another, gifts of healings. Way, I want that. Come on, let's have health in the body of Christ. Let have, let's have the gift of healings released. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. 
Now, I don't want to dwell on these this morning and unpick them all. You can go away and have a think about it. But I just want us to realize where the passage from Song of Songs is pointing. All these gifts are in us. As we worship, we can release some of these gifts. So let's jump back to Song of Songs and remind ourselves. Spirit is the wind blowing wherever it pleases. You don't know which way it's blowing. So here, as we said already, the church, the Shulamite prays, Awake, north wind, and come, O south. Blow upon my garden. We need the help of Holy Spirit to release what's within us. And we find that in the place of intimacy and worship. Blow in order that its spices may flow out. Again, the water analogy. Let it flow. Let Holy Spirit flow. Let my beloved, let Jesus come to the garden and eat the pleasant fruits. The breath of heaven is to blow on us to release these wonderful fruits and spices and fragrances that are in us. And it's Jesus who comes to that garden. And let's look at chapter 5, verse 1. It's a very long verse, actually. That's the only verse we're reading in chapter 5. He says, I've come to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I've gathered my moat. I have eaten my honeycomb. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Jesus comes to eat of our worship. He comes to savor and be satisfied. Okay? That is what we should be holding in view when we come to worship. We're coming to minister to Jesus. And this is a sacred moment as well. And I I just want to plug for that place. When we come to worship, let's not cheapen it by talking and chatting and catching up. If every heart comes to say, Jesus, I've come to serve you. I've come to worship you. I've come to minister to you. And I'm, I'm going to be deliberate about shutting off, but not, not blanking people, but blanking people. Um, what I'm saying is there's a place where we come. It's important that we regard and revere that time. It's quite hard in this environment because it's a bit open, a bit, you know, lots of stuff going on around and about. If we were in a church building, you know, people come and they tiptoe in. It lends itself because culturally people expect to have a bit of reverence in a church building. But we should bring that to our time of worship. Jesus wants to meet with us. The beloved, you know, for those that are married, you want sacred space with your partner, don't you? You want that quiet, uninterrupted, it's just us. That's what Jesus is looking for with us. So if we're all cultivating that, encouraging one another, you you might sometimes just, I'm sorry, not right now, I'm just worshipping, okay? No offence, man, I've come to worship. Jesus will speak. He desires to be satisfied. We are going to bring our worship shortly. We are going to have that opportunity to love him. And... I just want to mention here, in regards to the sequence of worship, to help us, that it's important that we satisfy Jesus, that we allow the worship to flow. And sometimes we need to hold our contributions. Now, I I don't want to 
make a formula here by any means. I don't want to bind us up. Just forget that. But sometimes we need to hold our contribution and wait. Because look at the scripture. Jesus shares how he's been satisfied with this one and that one, with the song from so-and-so, with the praise from such a person, and thus and thus and thus. And then he says to his friends, eat, O friends, drink, yes, drink deeply, O beloved ones. So the welcome then comes to the whole body. And I know all these analogies kind of overlap and contradict and whatnot. All analogies break down somewhere. But he's then saying, now come. Maybe God is crystallizing something in your heart. So then when, we've, when we come to a place where we've satisfied Jesus, anybody got a contribution? Does anybody want to share something? Yeah, God's been sharing this with me. And I would just like to say that God spoke this word to me weeks and weeks ago. And it's been distilling and ruminating in my heart. And now I'm bringing my contribution that came from worship so maybe it's something God plants a seed, we'll just let it grow. Yes. You know, I think sometimes when God speaks to us, we get so excited, we've got to do it now, we've got to share it now. We say, whoa, 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 slow down. Let me plant it in you. Let me water that seed. Let me cherish it. There's something special. It wants to grow to a beautiful plant and then share. And I just want to add, I don't want us not to have prophetic word when God Touches you, think there's a prophetic word now. That's important. We need to hear that anointing, that prompt. For those that prophesy, they'll understand that. And if you're learning and growing, hey, just let it out anyway, because I'd rather you did that and you released that fountain. I'm going to stop. You've listened patiently. Um, You've heard my heart. There is so much to worship. So, so much. You know, eternity is not enough time to out-experience worship. It'll be part of lifestyle in heaven that we worship the lamb that was slain. We will have our eyes fully opened to the wonders. And the worship in heaven will be like Nothing else you've experienced. You might have had some amazing times on earth, but heaven will eclipse them all. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Freedom Church. We'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us. Find out more about us on social media. Just search Freedom Church Leads or email us at hello at myfreedom.church.